Welcome to the Millennial Soul Food Podcast, episode 26 with occultist, adept, spiritualist, and fashion designer, Jake Peak. I'm your host, Keyonce. Enjoy. What's up? What's up? How are y'all doing? Thank you so much for joining me for episode 26. I have a couple of announcements to make. So, um, first off, on April 17th, this Saturday, I'm going to be hosting a cannabis and spirituality live stream for my $8 and $13 tier patrons. So this is going to be all about how you can develop a relationship with this feminine plant spirit. So go to my Patreon. I'm going to have a link in my bio where you can sign up for the $8 or $13 tier. Also, you will have access to all of the previous materials, including the mini courses and past live streams that I've done. Um, Second, I want to announce that the MSF Tarot Academy and MSF Cyber Witch Academy um, registration portals are open. I am going to put the link to that in my um, bio also. Otherwise, just check out my website, Millennial Soul Food. (laughs) Stuttering! MillennialSoulFood.biz. That's M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-S-O-U-L-F-O-O-D. Um, besides that, your girl is out here on the healing journey, got some big shit popping, some big spiritual shit popping. Um, this new moon was great. Um, I feel like just between the past full moon and the new moon, I have done a lot of growing and the spirit is resilient. And I am here to remind you that if there is anything that you are going through, just give spirit time and it will pass. Hallelujah. So, um, yeah, those are just the two announcements that I wanted to make before we get into this show. Um, This was a really fun show. Jake has a wealth of experience and knowledge about um, different types of spiritual traditions, specifically um, ATR. So um, I was looking forward to interviewing him for a long time. That's my boy. Um, Yeah, enjoy the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. What's up, brother? Hola, hermano. Como estas? Muy bien, y tú? <laughs> muy, muy, muy bien. All right. Well, we are here to welcome Jake Peek, fashion designer and adept to the show. Welcome to the show, Jake. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you bringing me on. Hello yeah. to everybody out there. But yeah, yes, recently, um, you recently came out with this um, candle line and all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to deep dive into everything because you have like a lot of um, knowledge and you've been in a lot of different spiritual traditions. Um, And you live in Miami right now, right? Yes, I live in Miami and I love Miami. I love L.A. too, which is where I moved from originally. Um, But Miami, the vibes, the spirituality, living next to Yemaya. It blesses my life and I feel like I'm able to take that energy of the ocean and pour it into my products and so many other people's life. And I think it's evident from the testimonials that we receive on the celestial acumen manifestation technology products. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're going to talk about that later. And then you're also going to give some tips to beginner spiritualists and um, some tips about cleansings, some, um, I guess, some warnings about just finding different spiritual community. Um, but first, what, where did you grow up? So I was born and raised in Atlantic City, New Jersey, by the water. Um, I was raised on the beach. I was a lifeguard. I've been swimming since I've been three. Uh, I love where I'm from. I'm always proud to represent. And I think living in Atlantic City made me the tough man that I am to this day. Mm-hmm. And so what is your family's spiritual background? So my family, I would say, like, physically, I was brought up up until like I was a teenager in normal Christianity, my grandmother still pays tithes to this day. Um, however, there was always this underlating mysticism in my family. I come from a long line of healers. Um, a lot of them passed on before I was born up until the age 10. So my grandmother was a spiritualist, a healer. She passed when I was 10. She poured into me while she could. And then she worked through me from her spirit. Mm -hmm. My great grandmother was this amazing healer. She could chant. She could lay hands on people. Um, She always blessed candles and products for people. She was very highly sought after. And they literally said that she could talk the fire out of people. Dang. What's that mean? That means if you were a burn victim or you were in extreme pain or you were... uh, hurt in a medical way mm-hmm. she would connect to you she would come to you she would lay hands on you and you would heal rapidly within like a week versus like a year to six months like a normal burn victim wow were they all from um from the northeast or what part of the country they were all from atlantic city new jersey but originally they came from south carolina and north carolina oh okay cool yep huh. so it's in your blood it is and before them, their bloodline is Native American. Um, mm-hmm. So we talking about Haudenosaunee tribe and Lenape Indians. Mm-hmm. Wow. Huh. And so how would you say that is incorporated into your work now? Oh, my God. That's everything. That is my original foundations is literally learning hands-on through Native American experiences. I literally would go visit the tribes, visit what? the reservations. I formed a whole community um, right before I left New York City about six years ago, I was mm-hmm. attending sweat lodges every weekend, going to see this and that medicine man, going to Sundances every year. It mm-hmm. was amazing. And so what exactly do they do in the sweat lodges? Okay, so a sweat lodge is a medicinal ceremony where physically they take elder mataris or stones, uh, which they call the elders, Mm -hmm. and heat them up set them on fire to a a very high temperature and then pour water on them to create steam Mm -hmm. within the steam they sprinkle special medicinal herbs that Mm -hmm. open up your physical body's passageways your chakras and basically it is a combination of medicine and a physical test of strength or an initiation ceremony that pushes Mm -hmm. you to your limit so much that your only choice is to meditate and go within and go to a higher point in self or leave the sweat lodge because it gets so <laughs> hot in there. Yeah. Um, but of course they try to like push you to stay and most people can do it. Mm. They don't make it so hot where you gotta leave. It's just 
a medium point where it pushes your spirit to a new level. Mm. Um, the elders, shamans, healers, medicine men who's leading the sweat lodge praise for people. You sing songs the entire time. You chant old Native American songs and uh, chants to, mm -hmm. to the fire. And you pray, people cry into those rocks. Anytime someone prays, wow. the energy becomes different. Um, sometimes peyote and sacred medicines are passed around in the sweat lodge. And people literally elevate, go to a different form of consciousness. And some medicine men can work on another degree in this environment to heal people. Hmm. So sweat lodges are very are a very powerful form of healing, and they're very popular in the spiritual community overall, from here to Mexico to the Amazon, all over the world, where any mm -hmm. wherever there's any indigenous societies, sweat lodge is always um, one level of healing. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done peyote before? I have done peyote, combo, hey, really ayahuasca. Wow. I've done um, sananga, rape. I just did mushrooms recently. For the first time? For the second time. I did okay. mushrooms for the first time in a sacred way. I, I went to a Native American Sundance. What? I was picking up the pain from the energy of the land because a wow. Sundance festival is a pain ceremony. People are dancing and praying um, for whatever they need to rid themselves of or bring in. Mm. And they dance and pray with their nipples pierced on a rope that is tied to a tree until they break the rope and their nipples oh. uh, to get free. And they and some people hang from the tree until they break. And so all that pain goes into the land. And when I, when I was there assisting the sweat lodge, I was picking it up. I'm a, an extreme empath. Mm. And so... The only way that we could figure out how to, we tried everything. I tried cleansing, I tried Reiki, I did the sweat lodge. It didn't work until an elder took me to a sacred mountain near there, gave me some medicinal mushrooms. I didn't get high or anything, but the pain went right away. Wow, that's amazing. Damn. So then um, I guess I wanna talk to you a little bit about how you got into the fashion industry. And kind of, um, did you get into it in New York City or what age did you get into the fashion industry? Since I was a kid, I was best dressed in high school. I've always been extremely creative. I've always had my own style. My mother has her own sense of style, but it's not amazing. It needs to be refined, but it's her. <laughs> and I think something about my <laughs> sense of style, I took that with my dad's mother, um, my grandmother, who was like, a black Marilyn Monroe. Like she was, she was also a spiritualist. She would walk around the house in $50,000 furs and yeah. just beautiful 70s outfits with amazing coifs in her hair and chopsticks in a bun. Like she was just a very refined woman. Mm -hmm. um, and so the mixture of those two styles, which were both very avant-garde and bold, mm -hmm. created me. Um, I basically just took that and rolled with it. So since a kid, I've been like, making dolls, dressing clothes, dressing people, creating my own outfits for prom. Mm -hmm. I went to fashion school in New York City. I graduated with my bachelor's degree. When I was in New York, I started to tap into all the underground cultures and the niches running around New York, from mm -hmm. the dance house scene to the underground hip hop scene to 
you know, spirituality and the witchcraft occult scenes and just the thrifty scene. When you get into all of that, you can't help but soak up tons of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to be inspired getting on the subway. I could literally go into a thrift store and make an outfit look like it cost a million dollars from a $5 outfit. I could take and buy some thrift clothes and cut them up and sew them in a way that you would think I bought it straight out of mind. Like I always had those gifts. And so, yeah, like I just have really taken it, refined it, twisted it, added my little spin on it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. I think when I was in fashion school, it was always about me finding my voice. Mm-hmm. When you go to fashion school, you do all of this. They teach you how to sew. They teach you how to draw. They teach you how to create. And in a little bit, they try to tell you how to find your voice but it's like the understated thing that you need to learn Mm -hmm. um and so i would say for the last 10 12 years that's the only thing i focus on like how can i be more jake nothing else matters i try not to look at too many fashion shows what other people is doing because spirit gives me direct visions of what will be in three four years in advance with fashion and literally like when i say Sometimes I'll look up and see a design from a runway show that I thought of five, 10 years ago. My spirit showed me. My only thing has been execution. It is not easy when you see a $50,000 dress to execute it. And that, and I'm a perfectionist, I'm a Virgo. So sometimes you let an idea go by or you just sit on the idea. And I would go through like bouts of that where Mm -hmm. I would have all these ideas and the resources just weren't there for me to just bring them out. Like literally like Iris Van Harpen type of ideas. Um, but I think me being so tapped in into fashion is what led me into spirituality. Mm-hmm. So how I wanted to ask you about that. How would you say that fashion um, kind of expresses spirituality? Are there kind of like any, I guess also I think like, I feel like with fashion and like style and stuff like that, it's kind of like a certain vibration that people tune into, you know, because I think whenever I lived in Chicago, um, I mean, it gets COVID now, but you know, when you're walking around the city and you see somebody, they have like similar style as you do. It's like, you can really like feel kind of like below the surface, but it's not like style as in like, I went to Ralph Lauren and got this polo and these khakis. It's like, all this different stuff that people put together, you know, jewelry, and that just kind of like creates a whole vibe. And then you meet the person and there, you know, some people are shitty, but that's kind of how I met a lot of people was just kind of like seeing like their style and how they express themselves. So how would you say that plays into the fashion? Well, for me, that's what I love about fashion. There are things that I hated about corporate fashion, which is why there's been times that I've completely just taken a break from it. But the originality, the creativity, the personality, the energy behind it all is where my love from fashion comes from. That's what I seek. That's what I always seek to create. I always like to put my spirit in things. And that's what I gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. I think fashion in itself is a version, it's a path of spirituality that most people don't even know they're tapping into. When you go to fashion school, the process of creating fashion is a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. They just put it in physical terms. Like literally you have to learn to see and harness your intuition and somebody on a board of directors of a fashion school or 
when you're learning fashion on your own, say you don't go to school, you have to do a process where you learn to go into your mind and see a video and then learn how to take that video or that intuitive vision and mm-hmm. make it real in real life. Mm-hmm. And so to become good at that is to master something within you. Mm. Um, so the connection, Hallelujah. So the connection is already there. Mm-hmm. You just don't look at it as a form of spiritual practice. When you add in maybe some chanting, maybe some prayers before you start to sow and create maybe some crystals and good vibes, a sound bath before you start to make clothes, you have taken something that is a worldly thing and turned it into an entire spiritual practice. And wow. when you execute a gown or an item of clothing with those frequencies, that item becomes a crystal in itself. It has frequency, mm. vibration, and resonation. You are clothing yourself in someone's magic. And that is what I love about clothes. That is why I will start focusing on red carpet gowns um, mm-hmm. and just creating beautiful clothes for the everyday woman. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my thing. And really just pouring spirit into them. So you're not only wearing a piece of clothing, you are wearing a magical item that you can use to transform your life. Mm-hmm. Damn. So then um, how exactly did you make the transition over to spirituality? Were you in like Los Angeles or how did all that happen? Okay, so well, you I first went- You still do fashion, but I guess how did you start I- focusing more on spirituality? So back when I was in fashion school in New York City, if you would have asked me, like when I first went to school, I would have you, I would have told you, I'm going to be the next Versace. My name is going to be a household name. In a year or two, my clothing is going to be all over Fifth Avenue. I had this really luxury, rich avant-garde aesthetic that I wanted to put out to the world, and I thought it would be easy. Mm-hmm. Boy, was I wrong. I faced so many challenges within the industry itself before you even get to the consumer and to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, And that forced me to look within. And I would say that spirit brought me the right people at the right time every year of my life. There was always multiple mentors around, whether it was finance purposes, whether it was work purposes, spirituality, fashion purposes. All these mentors like pushed me to learn and grow and they would teach me one or two things and I would take it and I would run with it. And so I started to overcome my fears and my challenges and grow as a, as a human into a better person overall, Mm -hmm. let alone fashion. Um, Eventually while I was in fashion school, I would say maybe like my third or fourth year, I started to run people's clothing lines and I started to get some breaks in the industry. After fashion school is when the real world hit. Going to fashion school and actually working in the fashion industry is completely different. Um, Fashion school needs to be changed to be more accommodating and connected to the real world experience of being a fashion designer. There's so many things that you learn from working for yourself or working for a company that you just don't learn in school. And there's a complete disconnect. I think now with the whole pandemic, they've started to make everything digital and with like the Parsons streetwear courses, they just have to be more real world focused. And so they are slowly but surely improving that. Um, seeing that disconnect, 
I started to gravitate towards refining my own self. How can I just understand why I'm not working the way I should be as more efficiently, why I don't have the resources that I should as a black creator within this fashion system. Why, when I show up with a better portfolio, a better dress, a better skill set than my counterparts to an interview, they are overlooking me. All these little things and working in this industry and just not getting along or feeling like my vibration matched the others um, and feeling like I was probably more talented than them, but I was being overpassed. All these things made me, like, forced me to, like, look at me. What am I doing wrong? What am I projecting to the world? What could I be doing better? And so I met this guy one day who wanted to meet me for the longest time. And I would ignore him. I would be too busy. I just wouldn't give him energy. Long story short, he ended up reading me psychically. His psychic reading made me look at the world in a different place. From that point forward, literally, I was a changed person after getting a reading from him. That reading connected me to an Ifa Ile in Newark, New Jersey. From that Ile, I stayed there for maybe a month or two. Just took up some basic uh, rituals, started to get an introduction to the Yoruba system. Mm -hmm. From that Ile, I connected to another brother who introduced me to Brother Panic, Phil Valentine. All of the free-thinking Black conscious leaders who were at the time doing podcasts and YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, this is... 10, 12 years ago. And from there, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I literally got a major introduction into spirituality in all forms, comedic Reiki, Buddhism, Ifa, Voodoo, Santeria, Apollo, just scratching the surface of it. Mm. Um, I had a spiritual mentor at the time. He would just say, read this book. Tell me what you think. What does your spirit tell? What mm. notes did you take from taking in this info? What rituals call to you? And from there, it was just like, I was a different person. I slowly but surely began to harness my spirit and understand my own dreams that I always had since I was a kid. And it literally made me the spiritualist that I am today. It took time and it took a lot of breakthroughs, a lot of cleansings, a lot of rituals, but my path just kicked the door wide open literally mm -hmm. and my outside world my fashion world started to reflect it what literally how so i started to get the jobs that i always thought i would have i got my biggest corporate job i met a lover that i had for six years um who was a spiritualist as well who my spirits used to speak right through we were completely entwined in my career, my happiness, my love. Everything was reflected of spirit just working through me, through us, through my family, all at one time. Mm -hmm. um, right after that, literally, like anything I, I dreamed of, I manifested. Hmm. Wow. Literally. And then this is all happening in New York City. I'm still dealing with New York City oh. and running around New York and soaking up the creativity of New York. After my relationship, um, we lasted about six years. I just thought, I just, I really wanted to grow with my career. There, I started to see a different vision for my career versus mm. working for other people. I started to see, I need to work for myself. I need to create clothes that do not exist. I need to do something else. 
what I found interesting about the fashion industry was when I would work for people, they would always say, this is too much. This is too crazy. You need to pull back more. You need to edit yourself. Mm. I was told that constantly by pale folks, by people who did not understand the way my fashion vision. Did you I was say working pale folks. Yes. <laughs> um, basically, or people that weren't of color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was always like, your style is too much. This is too forward. And the crazy part is, is like everything that I was designing for these companies that I, my spirit felt like was appropriate for their consumer is what's in right now. Wow. So literally it was people telling me, you're, this is the wrong version of cool. This is like literally every day. Could you imagine going through that for freaking seven years no. with different companies? And I worked for all these major New York brands, literally. They always say it would be white bosses who just didn't connect to my spirit, didn't understand me. Mm-hmm. And so I understand for it for what it is now. We just weren't aligned. Mm-hmm. And I had those experiences for a reason within the industry. I literally experienced every version of racism in the fashion industry that you could possibly understand. Um, so I love to see the Black Fashion Council, which is evolving the fashion industry right now. The Laquan Smiths, the Pyre Mosses, um, the Christopher John Rogers, the mm-hmm. Moalas, the Yeezys. Like, I live for it. I've seen the opposite end of that spectrum. Um, and I know that one day my name will be just as big as theirs. Hmm. And so, I yeah, like I started to see this vision of me running companies, me being a evolved spiritualist, me helping people. I didn't know when, where, or how it would happen, hmm. um, but something in my spirit said, "You need to leave New York." I didn't ever dream of living anywhere else. I mean, I always thought I would live in Africa one day, but I never saw the other side of the country. I took a trip to Belize at the recommendation of one of my elders, who was a Native American healer, healer, Chino. And he was like, you should travel and you should travel right now. Something in my spirit is telling me you need to leave. I left Christmas Eve, went away for three months, was living in the jungles of Belize, studying under a medicine man. I met someone from California. She opened my eyes to living in California. I came back from Belize for a week. Went back to New York, packed the bag and was like, fuck this. I spent my savings for my last position, whatever the case may be. I didn't even care. I took one bag and moved to L.A. and it worked. I literally, my first week there, I got a few freelance gigs. I was able to sustain myself. I made a phone call. This is how spirit works. Your, Your audience can use this to learn to how to see signs of when spirit is working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I flew out to LA with the intention of meeting with the temp agency. Although I never got jobs from temp agencies, so I knew there would be a large chance that they wouldn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And so, I meet with the temp agency. Nothing happens. I connect to someone. I I call someone who I randomly met eight months before at the Million Man March in Washington D.C. He was a bodyguard for the Native American elders. And chiefs, we all helped out with the Million Man March that year. Mm-hmm. We met. He told me, if you ever move to California, if you ever come here, just call me. Come see me. I have an extra place. I got a huge house. You could come stay with me. No problem. 
I didn't speak to this man for eight months. I called him up when I got to California and said, hey, I'm visiting out here. I'm looking for jobs. I'm trying to move here. He was like, yo, you could crash on my couch. I got an extra bedroom. I got a car. You could use it. I what? stayed there for you like two- a car. Yo, he let me hold his convertible. Damn. I stayed there for like two months, got on my feet. My life changed. I started getting regular freelance gigs in the industry. People in LA respected my New York hustle. They also respected my vision for streetwear, for clothing design, for women's dresses. It was just hitting. Like I manifested investors for multiple brands that I ended up starting. I started designing white labeling product, designing for people's brands. Everything that I saw for my fashion career was coming to true. I made so much money. I didn't have to worry about a thing. And I didn't know a soul in LA. I didn't have a referral. I didn't have a plug. I was just working my spirit and working my cleansings and rituals on myself. Mm. What kind of work, what kind of rituals were you doing? Oh my God. I was regularly, I take baths every day. I've been doing it for the last eight years or so. Um, I would wake up chant to break away any badness from me. I would do my own whole right ring kills. I learned sacred chants from Buddhist monks that I connected to. I used to do Tai Chi in the Bronx. I would wake up every morning and do Tai Chi when I first got to LA. Hmm. Um, and I was basically harnessing, storing, and manifesting my own energy mm. and working my spirits. I had my altar set up. I was working my altar. I wasn't initiated in anything at this time when I first moved to LA. Um, I did have my LA case from the time back in Jersey five years before, but I never did really, I never got my warriors or anything at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it sounds like it's really important to kind of, if you're trying to manifest a goal or anything, it's important to kind of clear out in any kind of energy or karma that could be there. Um, yeah, yeah, because we pick up energy from everywhere. Especially if you're an energetic sponge. By the time I was living in LA, I was certified in Reiki. Oh. Um, I had got certified when I was living in the Bronx years before, like two years ago, before I moved to LA. And so, of course, I would use that energy to change my life, to change my environment. I always manifested and attracted people of wealth, people of good vibes. Mm. And so my circle always was right. Um, there, being an energetic sponge, you also attract the opposite. You also attract people of highly negative energy. And so I basically learned when I was around people that weren't of my frequency, how to just immediately cleanse myself or remove myself from a situation or go home and take care of my energy. And as long as I took care of my energy, I could always manifest, literally. Hmm. Were you doing divination on people to see if they were like worth um, hanging out with? I do that. <laughs> Whatever I, I think, in New Orleans, I did. So I think at the time I was using Shyamalan goals to just, which is coconuts and OB, uh-huh. um, to just talk to my ancestors and just make sure like, this person is good for me. That person isn't. I think I would mess up because when it came to my dating life, I wouldn't use divination. Oh. <laughs> so I would be interacting with all of these crazy individuals that just had all kinds of energy. And so I would get into these cycles of connecting to someone, having sex with someone, or just picking up somebody's energies that I had no business holding. Mm-hmm. Um and that was a challenge for years not to hold other people's frequencies to break karmic ties to people that i had no business being tied to mm-hmm. um 
again, but I also grew and I also learned a lot of magic hmm. from dealing with different situations, literally. So what I regularly cleanse myself with eggs. I regularly oh. perform coconut cleansings. I would take a coconut. I would pray over it, nine different prayers. I would sprinkle holy water. Um, I would rub palm oil on it. I would blow liquor and cigar smoke on it. And I would pray that one of my spirits would work through me and cleanse my environment, my body, my temple, my auras, my chakras, and my house. I would start from the back of my house and work my way out through the front of my house. Or if you live in a two-story house, you start from the top of your house, work your way down from the back and out the front door, kicking the coconut with your left foot. And when you get it out of your house, you grab a paper bag, you drop three pennies in a bag, and you take it and you smash it at a crossroads, a railroad track, or a bank. When you get there, you specifically look at how the coconut smashes. You don't, sometimes you do rituals where you smash something and you walk away, and you never look back to rid yourself at, of the energy. Mm. But with a coconut, it's also a divination cleansing. And mm. so you're cleansing yourself and refreshing yourself, especially when the water breaks and hits the ground because that refreshes all your paths in the paths mm. of your house and everywhere you walk. But you're also looking to see, do you need to do more spiritual work? Maybe you picked mm -hmm. up something heavy. The way the coconut smashes tells you a lot about your life. If the coconut smashes and you see the white meat facing up, like as if you could see the palm of your hand and you can look down into the white part, it means that your life is cleansed, you're good to go, the cleansing was effective. If both halves of the coconut laying down with the brown hairy part showing it means that you need to do more work you have a bad spirit on you you gotta keep cleansing mm -hmm. and so i would do this once a week twice a week make sure all my energy was good i would take an egg i would blow cigar smoke over it i do different egg cleanses like three times a week so mm -hmm. i never use the same one i always refresh my eggs in treat the ritual as me needing to switch up the energy. Mm -hmm. And so one day I might do, I might use one egg. I was sitting on my altar for three days. I would bless it with perfume. I would spray my favorite cologne on it, Florida water. I would put palm oil, honey, uh, cascadilla, which is effluent, which is powdered eggshell, um, I would make up powders. By now, I'm starting to work my own rituals. I'm starting to make my own candles, make mm -hmm. my own powders, sprinkle some of that special money magic powder on the egg. Then I would cleanse myself with it, leave it on my altar for a day, and then I would take it and I would smash it somewhere five miles from my house that I would never go again. Mm. That would take everything from like that. You can cleanse your ancestors, your spirits of karmic generational curses by leaving things on their fruit eggs, place of food, cleansing yourself with it, and then dropping it off at different places far away from your home. Mm. Um, the next two days later, I might take seven eggs or three eggs. I, this time, I might not leave it on my altar. I would prepare it in a different way. I would blow cigar smoke on it, spray rum on it, put cascarilla on it. And maybe this time I might... Um, put shea butter or cocoa butter on it, cleanse myself, use the eggs like I'm using soap, and then go smash each egg in a different place. Mm. 
Mm. Um, that not only cleanses you, but if you smash them in three banks or seven shopping malls, you also have your spirits collect good energy, prosperity energy, customers that you need to come back to you triple fold. Mm. Um, so I learned all these rituals just over time through elders, through different mentors, um, of which I had wild experiences with godparents. Oh, really? Yes. Um, so over the years, I've practiced Santeria, Ifa, Isheshe, which is the traditional Arisha worship system of Nigeria, um, Voodoo, Palo Mayombe, Occultism, Esoteric Buddhism. I feel like over the last five years, I started to master Palo Mayombe because in a little bit of Santeria, I, I feel like I'm still in a role with Santeria and working the Orishas, even though I have many different initiations with them and I do regular cleansings, herogations, and feeding of my spirits with the Orishas, um, but I'm not a crown priest yet. So I feel like there's a certain level of working with the Orishas that you can only get from when you are a crown priest. Um, but as far as Paulo Mayombe, I feel like I've mastered that. That is something that my spirits have always, the Congo spirits have always been with me, have always worked through me, for me, and helped me, and also challenged and pushed me in many different situations. Um, and so I've mastered that, and that's what I focus on with the world, literally. So what, um, I know Paulo kind of has like a, I feel like he kind of has a negative connotation sort of as being like only a tradition where you curse people and stuff. Can you speak to some of the positive ways it's affected your life? I think Paulo Mayombe is one of the misunderstood, the most misunderstood manifesting technologies um, that there exist on the planet. I think several individuals in the media, just like how the media criticizes and scrutinizes voodoo um has created this smear campaign against Paolo Mayombe. Mm. but i think it is the most effective uh technology that was designed from spirit to take help and free our people from the bonds of slavery from generational curses that ever existed um, Paolo Mayombe is the most fastest, it's the strongest, it's the quickest form of spirituality and spiritual practice that you could use. It's also the most earthly. Um, mm. It deals, it's the call of the day. So it deals with spirits who are very close to this earth. The type of spirits that you work with when you work with Paolo Mayombe are spirits who lived maybe the same life as you. Maybe they were business owners. They know what it feels like to be stabbed in your back. They literally know what it feels like to experience jealousy, to experience pain, to experience healing and the beauties of life. And so their highest purpose is to see their priests um, elevate, mm -hmm. experience the most amazing lives on this planet, um, take away all their pain, all their problems, destroy all their enemies. They, it is a no nonsense, no take shit type of fraternity, if you will explain. Um, and so Paolo Mayombe, for me, has literally been the opposite of what the media paints it out to be. It is a form of healing. It is a form of generational cleansing. It is a form of, of freedom from the enslavement that the corporate, that uh, world puts on people of color, literally. Mm. And I literally, I've seen all forms of Paolo. 
I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, but I've seen so many different breakthroughs, so many different positive experiences that it outweighs any else of negativity that I've experienced going through traditional settings of these religions. Mm-hmm. So then, I mean, it sounds like um, it's been really beneficial to you. I mean, everyone doesn't have everyday access to it, um, but how would you say, what kind of advice would you give to people who are looking for like spiritual mentors and godparents? Like what kinds of signs should they look out for to know that they might be like right? Before you even start to look for a godparent, be sure of what you connect to most. Mm. Pay attention to your dreams. If you have dreams about the ocean, about thunderstorms, about the wind, you might want to look for religions that learn how to harness these gifts, more like Native American shamanism, Taino traditions, Amazonian traditions, um, Cherokee Indian practices, or Santeria, which the Orishas are nature spirits. They are the spirit of the water. They are the spirit of thunder. Or Palo Mayombe, which is a different spirit of um, the nature spirits, but it comes with an African connotation. So most always certain you will always find a Congo um, very melanated tone to these nature spirits. If you are having dreams of a warrior, of a giant African man with multiple machetes slicing someone's head off in the ocean, like you might want to start looking more towards the Apollo systems. Hmm. I, I first think you need to harness what system you're good at and what system you and your spirits both naturally work and connect to. Uh, once, you, once you find that out, then you can say, hey, I want to get more in depth with Santeria. I want to get more in depth with Candomblé. I want to get more in depth with Makumba or Umbanda or Palo Mayombe. These are what my spirit has shown me will transform my life. These are what I will be good at. These are what my spirits also will work with and have zero alignment issues. Because if you work a system that you don't have alignment with, your life could literally spiral out of control. Some people could lose their life picking up Santeria. Some people can lose their life for dealing with Palo and, and Voodoo and they're not supposed to, literally. Mm -hmm. The spirits don't take crap. They don't take no shit. And there is a set way to work them. And if you want to be, some people are supposed to evolve these systems, but some people are supposed to stay within the traditions and how they've worked them for 200 years and grow within that. Mm -hmm. um, and you got to figure out which lane are you. Once you figure out your lane, then you could put it out to the universe. You can write a piece of paper on your altar and say, spirits, I need to manifest a teacher within Sintoria, within Palo. This needs to be a person who has good energy, who you align with, who can help me hone and harness my gifts and I can pour into them and we can have a mutual exchange and we can grow together. Mm. I need someone who will teach me for a few years or whatever the case may be and just help me without having an ego. You can write a letter or petition that way. Sit it on your altar. Sleep with it under your pillow. There's a famous saying. When a student is ready, the teacher will appear. Literally. Mm -hmm. Wait. Give it some time. Forget about it. Allow yourself to meet someone who could transform your life. If you rush into looking for a teacher, you could end up in all kinds of crazy situations. There are a million and one scammers in these religions and these traditions 
who do not care that you are fresh from spirituality. They will see you as a dollar sign. They will take <laughs> your money and run with it and not give you anything and not care. Some people in these traditions have no scruples and no sense of morality. And mm. so with that said, you need to be sure that when you meet someone who is a potential elder or guide or madrina or padrino, that there is a mutual respect, that their ego is not a control, that people around them, you've seen their God kids grow. If, if they don't got a God child around them that is living good, that lives a good life, that has good energy, that is smart, that is educated about the religion, then you probably want to find somebody else. Right. I wouldn't get any work done with them until you sat down and had dinner with them, figured out their personality. Are, is this person super egotistical? Is this person a control freak? If you see all of those signs, run. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> if everything, if your connection to someone is, maybe you go to have a drink with them and they expect you to pay for it or things like that. Look out for those signs very uh, early. If you don't speak the same language as them, if their first English is not English and you only speak English and they speak mostly Spanish and you, you're going to need a translator for everything you do with that person. The translator may choose not to translate everything they say, especially if it's another one of their godchildren. You will experience oh. jealousy within the house. All these things come into play. You need to be in a, on a lookout for these things very early on. If you see little signs of them, if things don't add up, if you're having funny dreams, if you go one step forward and 10 step backs after working with someone, these are all signs that the person is not in alignment with your spirits and you, and you should run. <laughs> run away. Yeah, off the record, I heard Actually, story, you shouldn't but... run. You should just start doing regular cleansings. It's best to leave a godparent in a non-confrontational way. So just say, just disappear or just say, hey, this is not working for me. I respect you. I'm going to move on with my life. Or don't say anything at all. Just disappear. Literally yeah, change your number. Go. Change your Instagram. Block them. Leave them alone. Move on with, with your life. To engage in battle with a godparent most surely will stop something in your life. Literally. Like, if they have had access to your body parts, to your hair, if they perform ceremonies over your head, if you've connected with them, if they've done readings and work for you, if they've already started working with your spirits, if that person turns around and does something against you, you will eventually get cleansed and get free of it, but it may take some time and some hard lessons for that to happen. Hmm. And it's so rampant in the community to this day. It's happened to me. It's happened to 20 other people I know. Almost every person I know in a religion have been taken advantage of at some point for thousands of dollars, hmm. literally. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I always tell people, like, I think a lot of times people don't like read a lot. I guess with like Instagram, there's so much content that people go and watch videos and, you know, go to Instagram, but they don't really read. Speaking lot. of that, of the Instagram and wish talk, there's so much beautiful content, but so many people lacking a powerful spirit. If you could understand that, there are a lot of people doing things for clout, a lot of people doing things for sales, a lot of people doing things <laughs> just to get a following. Yeah. The biggest, best, and most strongest godparents I've had don't use social media. They don't sit in Facebook chats. 
they don't da 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 da. You hear about them through word of mouth. I used to know in LA people that used to work for presidents, people that were spiritualists that worked for mafiosos, people that really you could call in an emergency and they would get shit done. If you had a court case, if you had whatever, they literally could get you out of that shit like water. You can't find a phone number for these people. You got to know somebody that probably has some money that knows them that will refer you to them. They got regular clientele. They don't need your money. They'll if they do something for you, it's because they spirits told you. You need to work for this person and you can help this person and you can change their life. Mm-hmm. When you meet someone like that, that's a good person to learn from. When it's not about money, even though they might charge you a, a high fee, but money is not their first. Tradition. <laughs> it's a lot money, money is not their first thought. Money is not their first mindset. But they might tax your ass because they know, excuse my language, because they know they work is good quality. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. You got to know the difference when somebody is trying to scam you and when somebody is charging, look, I'm a professional at this. This is my fee. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Facts. Uh, <clears throat> so that is my best recommendation on dealing with godparents and knowing when you're the right one. Another thing, in LA and New York, they do huge drummings for Santeria. For the Orishas, they also do huge cajones, which is a spiritual drumming where the spirits mount and take over everyone present and talk to everyone, give people blessings, give uh, people warnings, messages, do readings on the spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Be careful of which drummings you go to. Get confirmation. Do many readings with your spirits before you show up to them because you could pick up a whirlwind of energy at the drummings. There's been times I went to a drumming where I thought I was going to meet the Orishas, talk to them, connect, get good vibes. I didn't ask my spirits. I just showed up. I literally would walk away and I would lose a $100,000 position the next day. Like, sometimes these drummings are done to free the person holding the drumming of some crazy negative shit. Maybe they about to go to jail. Whatever the case may be. I learned this as an insider tip from one of my godparents. A lot of times people do drums to take away some crazy bullshit that they're going through. And you as an unsuspecting, unprotected minor person could be there to pick up all the bullshit. Um, That is not the only scenario, but sometimes it be true. Sometimes they do genuinely do drums just to honor their Arisha. You got to know the difference and your spirits got to be able to tell you, look, this is in alignment for you. Sometimes mm-hmm. people go to drumming just disturb shit. They'll go there and drop powders everywhere. Sprinkle oh, powders oh. in people's food. Like, it's really all kinds of crazy spiritualists running out of here. And this is not to paint these traditions at in a negative light. This is just to make you aware of what does go on, what to watch out for, and to know that there are also very good spiritualists in these traditions who could change your life in an instant. And the things that you got to look out for to know when somebody is good and when somebody was just Vasuda, that's just playing a game, that's just taking the money. Mm-hmm. Dang. This is such good advice. Oof. Um, <clears throat> let me see. So I wanted to talk about your candle line for a little bit. My candle line um, is called Celestial Acumen. It means universal understanding and connection. Mm-hmm. My candle line is a manifestation technology product line that is designed to literally take my spirits, place them into your home, connect to your spirits, and get you aligned with whatever you need to happen in your life. Mm-hmm. They take over. 
They connect to your spirits. They work with you. They will go into your dreams. And if you need cleansing, if you need healing, if you need opportunities, prosperity and abundance, we have rituals, we have cleansings that will literally change your life. With every product comes a set of instructions. It comes multiple rituals that are in depth, that are designed to grow you um, spiritually. And from the testimonials, like they work, like hundreds of people have received positive results from using a simple candle with the rituals that come with it. Um, I'm very proud of this. I put a lot of energy into the love. I make each and every product handmade in small batches. There is a long line to get the product. There's a waiting list. Um, everything is on pre-order and made in small batches. Once a week or so, we'll make two, 300 candles. Dang. And they'll sell out and we'll accommodate the waiting list from there. If we have 500 people on the waiting list, we'll make a, a several batches of 400 candles to accommodate the, the waiting list. We'll fulfill them. And within a week or two, your items will be delivered. And I follow up with each and every person who orders from me. They always report back with great experiences. Mm -hmm. So what kinds of candles are um, do you sell? Like, So we have one candle. It's called the Royal Blessing. Me and my sister created this product line together. We both pour into it. So you basically have two priests who come together who align their family spirits and pour into this product line. We have one candle called the Royal Blessings. I basically use some rituals that my grandmother used to use to bless people's lives. She used to make special good luck candles and charms for people that people would request. She would come in, make them for your house, pray over them, and literally life-changing shit would happen. Literally. Um, so the Royal Blessings candles helps people get jobs, helps people turn their business around, helps people get clients, investors, opportunities, open their roads. It does all of that. Each candle has a base of 21 palos. It has um, many different herbs in it. It's probably different, 52 different spiritual ingredients in each candle. You don't see everything. There are multiple powders burned inside of them. There's 10 prayers, at least from two different people with great energy. There's Reiki energy inside of these candles. You can feel something inside of them. They smell amazing. And they literally like just work to help you evolve as a person, whether you want to be spiritual or not. I have plenty of people that are fresh out of Christian paths that are new to occultism that just want to try out and see what the candles are like. And even they report great experiences. Hmm. Damn. And you just like released the line. Um, it hasn't even so been. Has it, it? It's been literally like three months, but <laughs> I did start my first few batches three months ago. So uh -huh. the people who bought my first candles got candles that were prayed over and blessed for three months straight. Wow. A ton of energy. The rest of the people, I pray over them for about a week or two before they go out. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, I work Palo Mayombe. It is the quickest form of spirituality. I could pray over something in five minutes and put my spirit into it and send it out to you. And it, it'll work to change your life the next day. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing in those regards. I've always been a ritual master. And that's what I pride myself on. That's what I put out to the universe. And that's what shows up. Mm -hmm. So then do you have any tips for people? I know you talked about egg cleansing and all that, all, all that kind of stuff. But do you have any tips for people just, I guess, as far as like a regimen, like 
for spiritual hygiene, like, and also yes, practicing spiritual power? The best thing you could do is start to work your ancestor altar. I don't care what background you're from, if you're melanated, if you're not melanated. By the way, this magic, this occult system does not only apply to people of color. My godmom from LA um, was white and Mexican. She mm. taught me so many amazing things on how to harness the wealth energy within mm. Santeria from a great perspective. Mm. These traditions are not barred off to non-people of color. Almost in every house I've been in, I've seen a person that was Jewish fully mm. working African traditions. The spirits yeah. don't delineate oh, color. Yeah. What I would say about people who are non-Black is don't get involved in the African system and then turn around and do spells on a person of color. That's oh just... Oh, my God. That just makes no sense to me. Mm. Um, that is what I will warn you of. If you get into a conflict with a person of color, let somebody... Tell your padrino. Tell the person running mm -hmm. the house. And that that's my warning advice on that. For everyone else who's beginning to work spirituality, learn to work your ancestor, learn to pray, cry, chant, sing, give your spirits offerings from the heart. That means I just cooked food. The first plate of food should go to the spirits. And it's not a full plate. It's literally a teaspoon of non-salty foods, green beans, grains, things that come from the earth, the spirits love, soups, meats, Put it on your altar. Put it under your altar. Sit it there for a day. Take it off of there and then give it to a tree. Give it to the fairies. This starts to work, hone, honor, increase your strength and your connection to your gods like never before. I would also say always make sure to have fresh, fresh flowers and always change the water on your altar once a week. It should never get cloudy. Your glasses should never be dusty. There should never be flies and bugs running around your altar. It should always be just as beautiful as a Buddhist temple. Literally, if you walk into a Catholic church or Jewish synagogue or a Buddhist temple, they should be your your bar for what your altar and your home should look like. Mm -hmm. Because when you open an altar, you are opening a sacred Reiki portal of energy to another dimension that gets a physical energy that can come in and change your life. You would not want to open a portal with any aspect of negative energy associated with it. True. Um, so everything must be clean. Another important ritual you could do is called aligning your spirits. Right now, as a beginning spiritualist, your spirits are all over the place. When you talk to a psychic reader, they may speak to three different spirits who are buzzing around you like flies. All of them are fighting to get through the person's spirit to convey a secondhand message to you. That's what happens when you get a reading. Um, you can do rituals to begin to align your spirits so that they all surround you in a circle, holding hands and speak through one spirit, which mm -hmm. is your main guide, like a military sergeant. When that happens, your dreams will be clearer. Your abilities will be clearer. Your manifestations will be clearer. And your spirits will be way more in tune with you and more connected to your frequency to help you in this earth, in this life path, in this plane, mm. easier. Um, to align your spirits, 
you can, it's literally as simple as figuring out which one of your spirits, whether you receive dreams, whether you've seen them visually, whether you feel a certain connection to maybe an Irish spirit, a leprechaun spirit, a Native American chief, a spirit of Cleopatra, a Congo, mm-hmm. African warrior, Zulu spirit. Figure out whichever one of them is more associated to your main spirit, to the main position. Give them a position. If you know their name, say, hey, Lulu, the African witch, you are my main spirit. I feel the most connection to you or through dreams or through reading, you was told to get a doll for a certain spirit. That spirit is probably your main spirit. You want to give them position. You want to take their picture and hang it at your front door or near the front of your house. You want to get a statue for that person and you want to put it outside of your house and you want to put maybe a coconut or a pumpkin or an object there that they can use to cleanse you and work through you. This Mm -hmm. is called giving them position. When you give them position, they will be more stronger than the other ones. Your first largest and main glass on your altar will belong to them. You will start to work. They will start to work through you more than ever before. And everything you do will be more aligned with yourself. Um, In addition to that, I heard about this ritual through a good friend of mine, an elder of mine. And this is a ritual that you can use to align yourself, your spirits on your own. Eventually, when you get involved in the spiritual traditions, you will get something called a coronation or spiritual alignment where they literally take and do a beautiful ritual on you that's very powerful where they honor your spirits by giving them offerings, prayers. Someone lays hands on your head um, and a secret connection is established between your spirits where you find out all their names, what their purpose was, the days that they work, the magic that they work. You're given an order of which your spirits operate and practice in. And you know from them going forth, which one is your main spirit, how to work with them and what they need to be strong Mm. in this prayer. To do the ritual to align yourself with spirit, you want to take um, a glass of dark liquor, a bottle actually, and you want to do this for seven days. You go outside your home at midnight. You take the liquor. Um, you could take an offering of a plate of food or a plate of fruits, and you want to hold it up in the air and talk to your main spirit and say, my spirits, I need you to come together in unison. Here's offerings for you. And what you do is you literally circle around your house with the offerings and leave it outside your front door afterwards. So you make a circle going clockwise around your house, whether it's an apartment building or a home at midnight, every night for seven days. At the end of the circle, you finish your prayers, you call them together, you envision them surrounding you like a a military unit with the sergeant in the middle. You leave that plate of food with the candle lit. You go in yourself, go in your house, go to sleep, have your dreams, cover your head with a white scarf. You go back out, you repeat that every day for seven days. At the end of the ritual for seven days, you light a seven-day candle or another white candle on your altar saying that my ritual is complete. You thank the spirits for coming together in alignment for you and you go forth knowing that your spirits are now aligned Mm. for your highest blessing and purpose, at least until you can get a real coronation done, which happens when you get involved in Palo, which happens when you get involved in Santeria, or you work at Spiritismo, or Mm. any type of spiritual practice, even voodoo, they do spiritual coronations 
and alignments. And do so they, do they do that? Do, do, do that? I'm stuttering. Do they do that whenever um you get um elekes? It is not from the elekes. It comes when you when you go to do before you get scratched in Palo, they must align your spirits with a coronation. Before you get crowned in Ifa or to receive the Santo in a Risha tradition, they have to do three Misas for your spirits. It will happen then. They will align your spirits. It's something deeper. Or if you get involved with spiritualism and spiritismo, which you could do at any time, you don't need to be initiated into a religion. You can go to them and say, hey, I need my spirits aligned or I want to do a spiritual mass for my main spirit. Mm-hmm. The alignments will happen afterwards or yeah. during that Misa. Um, so you have to pick what, which one works for you. Of course, they cost money because they involve multiple people's energy and helping and different foods and offerings to prepare for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are different paths you could go down within the traditions. That's what's up. Um, well, I guess it's, it's been like an hour or so. Do you... Have anything else you want to talk about? Any kinds of things you want to plug? Um, tell us your social media. Any last messages? My social media, my Instagram is at Jake V Priest. My website is celestialacumen.com. Um, please check us out. Please spread the word. Please sign up for our mailing list. We got several amazing special projects, collaborations we're dropping. I'm doing a collaboration with this amazing local Floridian artist of color. Um, I'm taking one of his prints. I'm doing a whole dress collection with it. It's wow. amazing. It's giving Stella Jean vibes. I'm dropping a dress oh. collection for my beautiful women's with it. It's going to be, the price range is going to be about 400 to $500 per dress. So oh. it's like just above Zara's price point. But these are going to be amazing special occasion dress. The dress that you wear to the wedding, the dress that you wear to your job interview or to the special night out on the town, something where you need something magical to happen. Um, and you just need a piece of good energy in your closet mm. that you can tap into, something that you can put on and can literally align your chakras. Wow, um, dang. Yeah, so we working on a special collection with that. I wanna get that out within a month and a half for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Besides that, I did want to continue what I was saying about how Paulo Mayombe is misrepresented into the world. Most people don't know that Paulo Mayombe came from the Dominican Republic of Congo. It's a conglomerate of the traditional practices that the Twa people use, that the traditional tribes in Angola, Zaire, Benin and Togo, Ghana, all those regions of West Africa together the different tribal systems used to practice a very form a very strong form of spirituality to protect themselves to honor the land and to work with the medicines and the herbs of the land follow means stick it means herb and so when you work these traditions you are essentially working the land in a different way Mm -hmm. that is where the good part of these traditions come from These traditions were designed originally and worked not only to battle within wars, to help those people win wars and to defend their land and their nations, but also to heal every member of the tribe. There's so many different medicines 
within working the herbs of this tradition and learning how to combine herbs, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, and so that is what I feel like my ultimate life purpose and path is, is to spread the knowledge about the good of these traditions and to let people know that there are people who you can go to and you can count on to help you grow from point A to point B, mm. you know? And that's my purpose. You can reach out to me. I'm not doing readings right now. I feel like my energy is best reserved for doing rituals for people, for helping people after they get a reading with someone like my brother here, Keyonce, or somebody <laughs> like my girl, Hillary at Ogun's Garden, or my padrino, Hector Pizarro. I love Ogun's so, Garden account. Yeah, that's my girl. Really? We always go live together. We actually going to go live sometime this week. Um, and just talk more about the traditions. That's what we hear from. That's um, you can reach out to me for anything major you go into. If I can't help you, I know 20 other people who can. Mm -hmm. And love and light to all those who poured into me. I continue to pour into them. I continue to pour into everyone that shows up in my life for me to help them. I look at it like if you come to me for help, I got to help you. I, something in my spirit has to like pour into you. Mm -hmm. And so that's my job. That's my purpose. That's what my principles and foundations on. My mother is not a healer. My mother is very powerful just with her own tongue. Whenever I need to be cleansed, that's another thing that I want to leave with people. What? Never forsake the power of your mother and father. The, mm. ult the most ultimate cleansing you can get is to call your parents and talk to them and say, hey, I need help. Pray for me. Mm -hmm. The prayer. It's so amazing. Literally, that prayer is more powerful than anything. Learning how to pray. I used to go see Native American chiefs. They said it takes 10 years to learn how to pray effectively. What? What that means is it takes 10 years to learn how to cry into your prayers, mm -hmm. to put the most powerful energy from the universe and your tears and your emotions and your heartfelt kindness of the power of God that's within you into your prayers. Mm -hmm. Always pray and learn how to pray better. From there, all of your rituals will be magical. Mm -hmm. If you pick up a book and do a random spell out of the book, if you take the gems that I just dropped on this show and apply them to the rituals, everything you touch will turn to gold because everything I touch turns to gold, baby. I think that's it's important. Um, I actually, because, you know, I'm in Isheshe, but um, one of my Odu readings said that, like, my mother needed to pray to Jesus for me. And so it doesn't really matter if your parents are Christian. Like, the prayers still matter a whole lot, you know? It's still... It um, doesn't matter what tradition you believe in. You can elevate. <laughs> that is my message to the world. Whether you practice Buddhism, the Kabbalah, Judaism, Islam, Gnostic Christianity, Christianity, Baptist, Mormonism, whatever you choose to practice, you can elevate in all of it if you mm -hmm. do your research, connect to the right people, and go beyond what is taught to you in a book. Go beyond what the preacher is telling you. Go beyond what the oh. master or the sensei is telling you. Do your own Dang. work. The minute you start that, you will master whatever you touch, literally. Mm -hmm. And that's my message. Focus on something. I think the, the worst part about the Instagram, TikTok world is that you want to be a witch. You want to be a palero. You want to be a center. One girl came to me and was like, hey, Jake, I'm seeking a master in the next five years. 
how to do Palo, Mayombi, witchcraft, occultism, and what? Where should I start? I said, Queen, man, it might take, I'm still mastering Palo after seven years. It might take you 10, 15 years to master one of these. You need to get grounded as your principal practice in one of these traditions and use another one eventually over time as your secondary practice. Mm -hmm. Maybe you use paganism to do tarot readings. I don't know, mm -hmm. but just pick, if you must have a secondary religion, pick something that aligns with another one and pick something that you could focus on secondary. Don't try to do 10 things at once. Everybody is not a great multitasker. Some people <laughs> yeah. can multitask within spirituality and their spirits work through everything. Whatever the person utters turns to gold. Whatever the person utters can heal someone. They're, those people are maybe one in a million, literally. Mm -hmm. True. Woo. And literally, I love you all. I love people. I love just pouring this knowledge out to the world. I could say so much. Um, please tune into my lives. When I hit 10K, I'm going to start doing YouTube and TikTok. So what? please stay in touch. Have me on. I'll have me on your YouTube channel. I would, yeah. I would be honored to. I say, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm gonna stop. Thank recording. you so much for having me.